Hey everyone, welcome to DreamWork. Thanks for joining us, thanks for listening. Uh, as you probably already know, I am the extremely cute wrestler Colin Delaney, and in a moment I will be joined by my tag team partner, the man called Cheech. Uh, in many circles we are known as the tag team of two infinity and beyond. And we do a little podcast here because we love tag team wrestling. We've both been doing it for pretty much our entire wrestling careers, so we think about it a lot, probably more than most normal humans. So we decided to make a podcast of it, where we talk about the greatest tag teams of all time and break them down and talk about what made them great. And this week, we roll on our uh, tag teams with no tag team name with Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Uh, back when these guys were hot, I remember thinking they were the coolest. You know, Rob Van Dam was super athletic, but he didn't care. And Sabu was a crazy person. He'd throw himself through tables. He'd use chairs. And together they were like, yeah, they were the coolest. Um, as I grew older, I think I, I fell out of it with them a little bit. As I learned more about wrestling, I was less a fan of their tag team work. So when Cheech brought them up for this week, uh, it was a little hesitant. But uh, we did it. And I think we come to a fun conclusion that we both agreed upon, and uh, it was a, a, a fun record. So buckle up, because here we go. It's Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam, and the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal. I think I got those backwards. Eh, whatever. It's Sabu and RVD. RVD and Sabu. Let's go. Woo. What's up, buddy? Oh, my goodness, Cheech. This week took a lot out of me. How dare you? <laughs> oh, my God. You are gonna, there's going to be some convincing done in this week's episode, and I already know it. As I'm doing it, I was like, I don't know what Cheech is going to say. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm guessing where you're going, but, you know, we'll see. Whew. All right. Yeah. Uh, this week's tag team to continue the the month with no name is what I've been calling it, but we can call it whatever we want. To continue the month with no name, it is Rob Van Dam and Sabu who were just called Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Exactly, exactly. Right? There was no in your research. There was no tag team name or of any kind, right? No, in my research, there is absolutely not a singular one, which is a little bit crazy because I think probably every other team is going to have something else yeah like they may have like pet names or whatever but it was never official but yeah I, as far as i can remember it was just rob van dam and sabu <laughs> yep straight nothing so uh i'll just say preliminary thoughts going into this week uh -huh. i thought i would hate it and go ahead what are your preliminary thoughts uh, my preliminary thoughts were it was going to be uh, laborious. I didn't, I, I don't even know if I would describe it as laborious. That's, I don't think that's how I felt going See, through it. I, I had a worst case scenario in my head and it didn't occur as much as I thought it would. So therefore it wasn't that bad, but those were, my preliminary thoughts weren't the most positive per se. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's get into their accomplishments as a tag team because, I mean, we discussed Rob Van Dam and Sabu because uh, me and Cheech are right around the same age. And when we were younger and growing up, Rob Van Dam and Sabu were like the hot tag team, right? Okay. I can prove it by I made sure to wear. I am wearing a vintage, legit ass uh, Rob Van Dam 420 Mr. Pay-Per-View uh, it's either from 98, 99, or 2000 ECW show at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center that obviously was bought from uh, RF Video or something. But, yeah, they were – okay, like, me and my best friend, like, we played the game of, like, oh, uh, obviously we're a team. Who's, the, who's RVD and who's Sabu? I believe I was – oh, I was Sabu because my best friend was a huge RVD fan, like, ginormous. So I was like, all right, I'm cool with Sabu. And you're probably a bit. Uh, I don't know who your friend was. Was he? Was he also uh, a 
had could get darker skin? No, no, no. Well, yeah. uh, technically, uh, he has a Spanish last name, but he's a really a white boy. Uh, yeah. So what I, I I think by default you have a, a an easier time getting the Sabu skin, and he would be the Rob Van Dam. But like you'd think that, but this one it was just so lopsided because like his <laughs> favorite wrestler was Rob Van Dam, so it was just like there was no question he's obviously the Rob Van Dam. Can't argue with him. But yeah, they definitely in in those years of of like. 98, 99, even before that, they were big, but like they were together. Those were the years I noticed from the matches I saw. Like, oh, yeah. they were like the coolest thing. They were, they were the coolest thing in 1998. They were only the runner up PWI tag team of the year for 1998, though. Any guess at who was the tag team of the year for 1998? Harlem Heat. <laughs> no, no, they were <laughs> earlier. Yep, they were earlier. Uh, 98 would be, uh, I'd probably say like DX or something just based on like, yep. You're, uh, you're, you're pretty, pretty close. It's the new age outlaws. Oh, there we go. Cool. So they only got runner up in 1998 and 1998 was like their hot year in 1998. They were two time ECW tag team champions. Okay. Yeah. I could believe it. They definitely, I, you just remember seeing an RVD with two straps, you know what I mean? Yep, uh, they won them off of Storm and Candido, lost them to the Dudleys, won them back off the Dudleys. Um, they were not on the PWI Top 100 teams, and they also were not on Sports Illustrated's Top 50 teams of all time. I could believe it because like, they weren't around forever. They were just the coolest thing at their time. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll get more into it, but I, I, I feel similarly. I was a little shocked. Uh, but then when I really broke it down, not not that shocked. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're making those lists, ECW isn't a high on a priority list. And if you are, you're probably just going to go with like one team and probably the Dudleys, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Rob Van Dam was additionally tag champs with Rey Mysterio Jr., Kane, and Booker T in the WWE. <laughs> Sabu was additionally a one-time tag champ with Taz in ECW. Okay, okay. Uh, Sabu peaked at number five on the PWI 500 in 1995, and Rob Van Dam was the number one wrestler on the PWI 500 in 2002. Wow, like, I, I, wow. Like, I, when you said Sabu got all the way to number five, I was like, dang. Like, especially then, like, I understood he was very influential, like, on the underground, but to be number five off that, that's pretty crazy. And RVD I, in 2002, I, I could believe it. I mean, he, he was hitting on all cylinders. It's tough to think, you know, I mean, you'd, you'd assume, like, wasn't there, like, a Triple H around or a Rock around? But, hey, it, it, I, all power to him, number one. That's awesome. I think Sabu, I think I read he was IWGP junior heavyweight champ in 95, which I did not know. Yeah, but I think it was only for, like, a hot minute or something. Because like, I it think he didn't have a long run all together in New Japan. It was for a couple months. It was for a couple months. I looked it up. He he held it from like January to April or something. It wasn't like he just took it and gave it back. Yeah, no, but I feel like I just feel like his run in general in New Japan was cool, but not very like there wasn't a lot of longevity. Right, right. Uh, uh, the only other fact I have written down for them was WWE named RVD the greatest star in ECW history. It's definitely arguable. I, I'm not a <laughs> That's a tough one for me to swallow as a, as a person who grew up on it and, and loved it a whole lot, but also was never an RVD fan. Uh, yeah, greatest With his longevity, the fact that he still technically is wrestling if he wanted to, like he's been, he's had, he's had such a good post. I think it's more talking about like, you know, He's the greatest when you compare his career to everyone else's. He's probably the greatest of the bunch. Greatest star in ECW's history. Whew. That that one it it hit me. It hit me. Hit me not good. Uh, <laughs> he was Anyways. there for most of it. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. We tend to think back. It wasn't. It wasn't around forever. And he was definitely. I mean, like he was a soldier till the end. Ish. Agreed. No. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right. So. Uh, those are their statistics, which if we're being honest, when looking at their run, uh, I think mainly because, uh, once again, I was an ECW kid and I remember 
everyone going crazy about RVD and Sabu. I remember them being like the team for a bit. So some of that stuff did surprise me that it wasn't as long as it was and that other people don't think of their run as, you know, incredible as I did, I guess. And it's weird because I think like, I think people of our age still kind of think of them together, but like they were totally apart a hell of a lot longer. Like, yeah, they were always associated in a way, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you were an ECW fan, you know them like almost together. I feel like if well, sure. uh, you really know them from that, you're like, oh, they're two singles guys. Yeah, it's a lot like Kenta and Marafuji. They were they were just as uh, important as enemies as they were as partners. Oh, snap. Here was a, a realization I came to late in it. Uh, they were like pre-Punk and Cabana where it was like, these two guys probably wouldn't get along outside of this, but they both like wrestling, so that's why they're here and they train together. You know what I mean? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to note that, but I think most people know they were trained by the same guy, which is uh, uh, Sabu's uncle, the Sheik. Uh, Sabu started in like 85, which blew my mind for the record. Uh, and Robin Dam started around 1990. Yeah, I think Sabu had one of those like almost like a luchador ones where he had, you know, he had an uncle in the business, so he was already wrestling at like 15, 16. No, that's the thing. In 85, he was like 19 years old. He was he had a normal a semi-normal start. Oh, wow. Then I guess he just He just, he just kind of old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, matches that you watched, where'd you go? Let's 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 hear them. Um, I hit up the YouTubes, and then uh, I'm getting real good with the uh, WWE Network search feature. Um, but what were the ones I saw? Uh, I saw them versus Dudley's and a Candido and Bigelow on TV from '98. Uh, a Hardy Boys match on a, on some crazy fan cam that was fun to watch. Uh, All Japan versus uh, Ogawa and Shiga. Um, what else? The Dudleys. I got uh, Dreamer and Hayabusa when they went to the FMW tour. Uh, the Furnace and Crowfat from 96. And Eliminators and Gangsters three-way. Uh, a Shane Douglas and Candido. Uh, a Storm and Candido. A Storm and Candido. A Balls and Axel. That was real fun. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then I got WWE CW run of them versus Mike Knox, uh, Kevin Thorne and Marcus Corvon, and then Matt Stryker and Elijah Burke. Yeah. Uh, we did go, uh, we didn't go totally on the same line here. Um, so I started with the furnace and Crawford match, which put me on a real sour note right off the get. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when I was talking, when I was mentioning uh, the, what I thought the bad thing was, that's the match. Like, uh, like when I think bad RVD and Sabu or like or bad long ECW matches, that match comes to mind. So that was where my yeah, mind a- was worried it was going to go. Luckily, that was kind of the only like super long what the hell one. Well, that's always the good thing for because I try and go chronologically. That's always the good thing about that, that usually you get the real bad out of the way fast. So uh, that was first. Then I went to a Taz and Candido tag. Ooh. Then I went to a, a Balls and Axel, which uh, was pretty fun. That's, that's, that's where it kind of started to turn a corner a little bit. I watched a, a Scorp and Sandman tag team match. Whoa. Uh, I watched the Storm and Candido. I almost skipped it, and I'm happy that I didn't, but I did watch the Heat Wave 98 Hayabusa uh, Hakushi. Uh, I already knew that one. So like, yeah, I, mean, I was uh, like, I already know what that is. I saw it recently, so I was like, eh. Uh, I watched Dudley's. I watched them against Douglas and Taz, and then I, I did watch, I did delve into the WWE CW with, against Mike Knox and Test. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm happy that I went back and watched the Hayabusa uh, Hakushi one because I don't like that match. I love that match in uh, in the clip form that they always showed it. Like, and then I yes. recently, years back, went and watched it and was like, oh, now I know why they clip it. Uh, it's... Uh, so... 
uh, it's it and with the crazy part about it is I I don't like that match because uh, I love Heat Wave '98 and I think Heat Wave '98 is stacked top to bottom and when you watch that card all the way through it's like a glaringly obvious not good match but when I'm putting it in a a, a frame with other RVD and Sabu matches it might be their best match. Wow. See, that's the thing. I went back and watched it and was like, okay, yeah, it's not as good as it appears, but like, hmm, their best. I feel like it's, probably, it's definitely their most prolific because like, if you try and look up, it's like, oh, did you know they wrestled uh, Hakushi and Hayabusa? Did you know they wrestled uh, Shinzaki? I was like, just a million times. I was like, yes, I know that match happened. They had other matches. Yes. Uh, and if you uh, happen to not watch any of them, you might be in a better brain space. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not, I did not enjoy. I, there were times where I turned around to it a little bit where I can see where some of it's coming from and I can definitely see why it was popular. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. As much as you say, like the card was stacked and that one stuck out. Yeah. But I guarantee you talk to like 98% of the other people like, yeah, it stuck out cause it was the greatest thing ever. And I was like, uh, if you say so, no, incorrect. Oh, no, it is incorrect, but people still hold that thing at high esteem. Yeah, no, oh, for sure. And once again, I, in watching RVD and Sabu's work as a whole, I can see why they hold that match in high regard, kind of. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good example of what they do, honestly. Okay, yeah, we're like, oh, well, okay, what would you say they do? What, what, what's their, what was like... What would, highlight, what... highlight real car crashes. Okay, I worded it more, um, I thought the chaos was going to be a little more nauseating. I was surprised that, I think the reason they stuck out and their matches were a little better than others, they were a little smoother with the chaos than everyone else on the card. Um, so... I've noted a couple of different times because I don't think their match changes too much. It, it depends on who they're wrestling. And when the opponents that they're wrestling put a little bit of structure behind oh. the chaos, that is when it works. Brother. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into it. Like all the ECW stuff is not very good because it's just a tornado tag every time. And it's just four guys fumbling around in a ring. Yes, and but and once again, going back and watching this makes you appreciate the Dudleys so much more for what they were able to do with that in all kinds of different manners against all kinds of different teams. Yeah, no, that's true. Very true, because, like, yeah, man, sometimes, like, uh, anytime there was a match with some sort of a structure I put in my notes, oh, it was slightly better because there was structure. Like, uh, the... Uh, the, the one where it was Candido and Shane Douglas, and Shane Douglas had a hurt arm. So they had, to, they had to work towards telling, oh, he has a hurt arm. So there was a story. So the match seemed and flowed better because it was like, oh, they have something they had to work towards. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the first time I really saw some good structure was when they started doing Storming Candido matches. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but before that, man, I am watching that Furnace and Crawford match. And I was going to say, we got to get back to that. We got to double back to that one because that is the epitome of no structure at all. If we can start, yeah, if we can start at the top, that's the first one I watch. It's one of the, in that match, they're not yet a regular team. They're really playing up that they still don't really like each other. Yep. Uh, it's a 30 minute time limit draw. Here's the thing. And they're green. And uh, maybe this is inside baseball, but my eye spied uh oh, we'll just see you out there. We got to kill 30 minutes, blah, blah, blah. We'll just go wrestle, meet you out there. Ha, ha, ha. And Correct. RVD but... and Sabu were way too young, way too green to try and pull that off. Cheech, it was 1996. I know. Rob Van Dam had already been signed to WCW. Sabu had been wrestling for a decade. I refused to excuse it. And I wrote that they were green too. And then when I started looking up statistics and facts about them, I was like, oh, that's not true. They weren't that green. But I mean, as a team, they were, right? Like, it just seemed like literally they were sure. just two guys. There were just two separate singles men. Yes. And I not also. Not get how this works. I also made note 
Rob Van Dam has the worst strikes of all time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but what I, what I noticed about both of them, I go, uh, like they're the they're the team where they're like they both have the they both do the same stuff. Like they're both high flyers. And here's the thing: I both consider them strikers, but like not necessarily good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I was looking at them as a tag team, like who are they? I go. There are two high flyers, but in very different directions. Like, one's flashy, one's destructive. Same thing with the strikes. One's flashy, one is destructive, even though RBD's stuff looked like it killed people every time. So they look destructive, too. Right, yeah, no, and uh, RBD's got some kicks. But in that match, even his kicks weren't working. Even his kicks were all over the place. He just looked lost. Yeah. He just looked – he was literally – in my notes, I was like, he's just doing athletic stuff. Like, he's like, uh, he's over there on the floor. I'll go do this dive on him. Oh, he's laying down. I'll go do this flip on him. Like, uh, he struck me like like A.R. Fox or like Chris Bishop where they're like, uh, I'm lost. What do I do? Uh, let me jump and springboard or something and and flip and and like – it, it, the athleticism was crazy on display. It was nuts. It's so funny because you can watch my notes because once again, this is a podcast about talking about why tag teams were great. So like, I'm always trying to find the positive and you can see me in my notes as I go along, like almost trying to convince myself, like in the first match, I'm like giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're not yet a regular team. <laughs> One note I made, made Joey styles really puts everything over. Which is true. Yeah, and there was I kept hearing him like the 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 weird lengths he'd go to explain botches. Sometimes I was like, "Come on, Joey!" But then, listen, if through the first three matches, uh, there's that one, and then the next match, I wrote both reckless, but at times show signs of real ability. <laughs> and then the third match, I say, "Getting better when they're on, they're on." <laughs> like uh, these is this is me convincing myself but also like watching these matches really trying to like dig into like why they were great and why everyone loves them oh okay uh we could uh we could get to it right now why did everybody love them uh they did cool ass double teams they were at one guy was homicidal, suicidal, and genocidal, and he scared you. And the other guy could do anything in the world and thought he was cool as crap, and you all believed it. Yeah, that's true. And and You know what I mean? Like, And why those matches, like, uh, those early matches, I don't think are as fun. Robin Dam is not playing that up. Exactly. But, okay, here's the thing that I got in. You didn't, you didn't watch the All Japan match, did you, right? No, and I almost did, man. I saw, I saw those late, and I was like, eh, I'm not getting into them now. Like, that's not a thing I'm doing. Watch it if you get a chance, just because um, watching Rob Van Dam have to actually work with someone else. Like, I almost feel like ECW was a little bit of a detriment to him and Sabu and a little bit of him and Sabu as a team where, like, you can get away with anything. So, like, they just did whatever they wanted. Like, in Japan, they had to have structure and it was like it was weird. I was like, "What is going on?" I go, "Oh, Rob Van Dam's actually like bending towards someone else." Well, and he's not just working for himself. You know what I mean? Like they always say, if you work Rob Van Dam, you're working a Rob Van Dam match. He's going to hit all his moves, and it's about him, him, him. This he was actually like flexible and working with Ogawa and Shida. Sabu is going to be Sabu. That I noticed. I was like, in Japan, he's still just Sabu. Like that's his gimmick. He's always going to be wild and reckless. That I think he does it on purpose. Like if he wrestled smooth, it'd be weird. But that's, and I think that's why I actually like the Hayabusa Hakushi uh, match this time around, especially when I watched all these other matches. And then I got to this one and I was like, oh, interesting. It's so much more interesting now, like watching a bunch of RVD Sabu matches in a row. Then you go, oh, they kind of have to like work with these guys and let these guys kind of do this thing and also kind of put a little bit of a structure on it too. And it's real interesting. And it gets, it gets, uh, it gets botchy at a, a bunch of times. Yeah. I equate that to more like, you'd think like, Oh, they're Japanese. They're American. I'm sure they'll be able to like, Nope. It still seemed like, like it seemed like they were good enough to be able to do all their stuff. But like all the connective stuff is like, Oh, language barrier. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to go back to a note I wrote earlier. Uh, Taz is 248 pounds. 
Uh-huh. That's the note with question marks. Okay. <laughs> Dude, look at him. His, his thighs were huge. I don't care. He's five foot four. So he was five foot wide. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was a little stumpy. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then, so, as we're going down my notes, once again, uh, not a regular team, giving them that. RVD has the worst strikes. Next one, both reckless at times, both show signs of ability. Then we move on to uh, getting better when they're on, they're on. Then we get to uh, really, really are an interesting team. Uh, RVD kind of ath- uh, is an athletic flyer type, Sabu athletic crazy person still not sure why this works yeah but it was just it like here's like um i think and i don't know if this is even controversial but i don't know uh i think they made they the most they're the most ecw tag team ever when i know you go oh my god dudley's 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 Dudley's." yes i agree they were the most ecw that they were like the most over shtick tag team there but i mean rvd and sabu were the most like the heart of ECW because it was athletic as heck, but crazy. And what did ECW fans like? They liked the athletic stuff. They liked Malenko and Guerrero, but they also liked balls and axles, swinging chairs. And this team gave you both. And since there were no rules, like, oh my God, like imagine the, the, uh, getting just randomly, oh, you get a table every match. You get three or four chairs. You get a dive in the crowds. Like, of course it was great. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes. Yes, but without structure, which most of it doesn't have, uh, None. it's not, it's not, it's just a highlight reel. It's just a highlight reel and it's just uh, a car crash, a highlight reel car crash. That's all it is. Okay, but then here, let me get into my uh, WWE CW ones because you said you only saw one match, right? Yes, I watched them against Mike Knox and Test. Which is their first time okay. back together. I, I can we can we not go there yet? Okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, and just because I want to touch on something before we get to the WWE CW stuff, first of all, okay, Sabu loves low drop kick to the leg. That is a note I wanted to make uh, before we get any further. <laughs> I agree because if, if and now now that I've seen it, you can't unsee it once you see it. It is Sabu's default move in every match. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm going to drop kick this guy's knee. He does it in every match. Look for it. You'll see it, and you'll chuckle when you see it. Uh, oh, like, oh, wait, wait. Did, were you not aware of that pre this uh, study? I did not know that that was like his A game. His A, like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to drop kick guys like, because it's so, there's, I don't think there's ever been a wrestler who's, that's their, uh, I'm kind of lost. I'm going to drop kick someone's knee out. Oh, yeah. No, no. I always knew because I thought that was the other thing. Like, you know how he was always diving head first at guys' legs? He would either dive head first or feet first. You know what I mean? He's either going to drop kick you in the ankle or he's going to dive head first and do an ankle pick. Like, that, that's how I always No, no, no. It. Not an ankle pick. He drop kicks people's legs out and he does it in every match. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But, like, I thought it was all part of the he's always trying to take you down. You know what I mean? He's always trying to get you. It's a treasure. Uh, also, uh, somewhere I can't remember where I started. Oh, it was the Hayabusa match. Bill Alfonso plays such a huge role in that team working. In which way? In the way that they're doing all this chaotic craziness, and these matches are allowed to go as quick as they are, and everything moves so seamlessly because Bill Alfonso's throwing chairs. Bill Alfonso's feeding tables. Bill Alfonso's getting chairs and tables out of the way. He is like making this move and look seamless when it's really not that seamless. It, without him there, it is a lot tougher. Okay, so you're talking about the stuff you can't see because I was going to say, like, uh, I know he does play a big role, but like, I never, I thought you were going to say he was more like in front of the camera showing. I was like, I go, I never thought he was gratuitous with it, other than you know the the whistle, but that was meant to be. You know what I mean? No, I'm talking like the actual work he does, and yeah, yeah, it's insanity once you really sit down and think about it and look at it. No, that's the thing. Okay, I, did, I at first when you said I thought you meant like an in ring thing he was doing. You're talking about the outer ring stuff. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, because there was just so much chaos. Like literally, like they had a table in almost every match. 
And I'll tell you what, in that one storm, the 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 match where they beat Storm and Candido for the tag titles, and they do the uh, I think it, they do the double table leg drop, double leg drop through the yep. table for the finish. Bill Alfonso jumps up to the top rope yep. just as quick and as limber as Rob Van Dam. Go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. I saw it. Uh, oh, you think? What you think? I didn't see. It. You think I didn't see? It? I saw it. I popped so. Yeah, no, I was like I. For a split second, tell me you didn't think he was jumping too, right? 100% I thought he was jumping too. <laughs> split second. I was legit thinking to myself, I go, was there ever a time that he jumped in too? Like for a split second, I was like, is he gonna? It wasn't a split second for me. He was up there and I was like, here he goes. Well, that's the best part. They still dive and then he still stands there. You can see he's kind of losing his balance a little bit, but he's still standing there just kind of on his own. Yeah. So, uh, So that's why that is the real point I wanted to get to. Before I get to their WWE stuff. <laughs> well, here, I also wanted to make another note that I had from the ECW run. Okay. Mr. RVD is insane with his flip dives into the crowd. Because here's the thing. Everybody just remembers the one to Bam Bam. He does one to... Uh, I gotta find it. He does one on the Bubba. Yeah. He does one on the Bubba. I think it was in Cleveland. In Cleveland. But it was like over the... What's that? In Cleveland. I watched it. Okay, dude, that flip dive, like, the camera angle makes it look great, but not, like, good enough to play a million times on the clip like the other way. Like, because you're watching from his back, you just see him just go. It's insane. And then there's another one he does. Hold on. Hold uh, on. Hold on. on. Also, when you watch that Bubba dive, Bubba don't catch him. Bubba ducks when he gets to him. Well, it was more one of those ones where he guys just, like, bounced off him. No, 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 no. You watch Bubba Ray Dudley duck <laughs> it's i was like that's the scariest thing i ever saw in my life and it's that's definitely in cleveland but yeah that one was insane there was another one if i looked through my notes i could find it uh oh with balls and axle he does an insane flip over the guardrail like you know doesn't pull the guardrail in just clears it lands on everybody it's just like why they always show the bam bam one he had a plethora of these insane dives yeah no he did because well usually Sabu was doing the double jump guy and usually RVD in most of those matches just did the leg drop guy over the rail was usually his, his move. Or the running flip where he would just flip it. Like, Oh my God, I wouldn't want to catch him. He looks so heavy on those. Or just running jump. I love the, uh, the old school, like I'm just going to run and jump over the top rope, like a pole vaulter kind of like they come at an angle and like, no, they don't hit the ropes. They're just like short jump. Yeah, no, he was crazy. But, yeah, some of those ones into the crowd, I was like, wait, they only show the Bam Bam, but I was like, there were plenty of other good ones that, uh, like, that they should show and get respect for, like, especially for the guys catching, because some of those, they were by themselves, too. I was like, damn, that's ballsy. Bubba Ducks, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, okay. so, WWE, ECW. Okay, what I liked, because I saw three matches. Did you watch, did you watch forced- Mike Knox and Test? Yes, yes, yes. I watched Mike Knox and Test, uh, Kevin Thorne and Marcus Corvon, and then Stryker and Elijah Burke. So, and okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. They're forced to have a structure. So yes, uh, he, I only watched the Mike Knox and Test one, which is, by the way, their first time teaming on WWE CW, and actually their first time teaming at all in six years. Yeah, and, like, I could believe it. Like, they weren't the most smooth. Like, it, it, it didn't even look a little oddy. Like, oh, they're both older. Like, all right, let's cool. Let's see what we got. That's not and even, like, that's not even my- what I'm trying to get at, Cheech. What I'm trying to get at is if you go back and watch that, knowing that in your brain, being the people that me and you are, you watch that match. It's their first time back together on what is called ECW. You have Joey Styles and Taz on commentary. And they act like this is no big thing. Yeah, they're RVD and Sabu. I wouldn't expect them to. It was pissing me off so much. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. But let me see. What were my notes for that one? Because I don't think that was the one where I. uh... They didn't put over their history. They didn't put over like two-time ECW tag champs. Like them and Taz were a thing for a minute. They don't even like touch on it. Like Taz, you've you know these guys real well they they like they don't even touch on all this stuff they don't even put it over like it's a big deal they just let it happen and it's like 
what in the world? How are like Joey Styles must have been just his fingers dug into the table wanting to blurt out so many facts about the two of them that he just had to hold in. Yeah, no, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't look at it that way, but okay. How do you not? Well, did you know that that was their first time back together in like six years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. But the thing was like, I knew there were multiple matches. So I was like, okay, they're going to get a little run. Yeah, but you put to, like I don't know, man. It feels like them being back together. You put it over. They didn't put it over at all. They were just like, "Let's wrap it in and say it was WWW." Come on, what did you think you were gonna get? I don't know. I thought I was gonna get a Colin Delaney match. I didn't even get one. No. No. No respect. <laughs> no respect. But yeah, they don't like the past. They were just like, "Hey, look at this new thing and treat it like it's new." Yeah, because that's the it. thing. Those people, it was new. I hated it. It irritated me. It irritated me a bunch. What's it? But what about the match part? Oh, uh, so it's uh, them. It makes you appreciate their car crashes a little more. The old car crashes. Um, once again, because Bill Alfonso's feeding tables, Bill Alfonso's feeding chairs, it moves a little more seamlessly. And also you don't have this just like, Oh, I'm going to throw like, the WWE format of like, oh, I'm going to strike this guy a bunch and work him to a corner and then send him corner to corner and then I'm going to hit him with a clothesline in the corner and then he's going to sell down and then maybe I'll pin him. Like, there's that. That's the first time I've ever seen that in an RVD and Sabu match. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. I, well, okay. Here were my notes. My first note was Sabu did a Ricky Martin front roll tag to RVD. Yep. I was like, what world am I in? Because, dude, okay, let's also put this over. Sabu in, in WWE, uh, the same but, like, odd different things like that would pop up. And you're like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> uh, but still, I mean, he was still Sabu. But, yeah, it was he went in, did, like, a little shine, and then he did a roll and tag. I go, what is going on? Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. but and it's And it's weird because at this point, like, also – uh, yeah, I don't know. They're doing it in in quote ECW, and I, I hate to put quotes around that ECW because that's my ECW. You sons of bitches, that's mine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, them not acknowledging it, Rob Van Dam just acting like solo Rob Van Dam with like his one of a kind. He does a little hop around, and like Sabu almost looks like he's trying to like play into it and be like, "Hey, we do the thing. I point and you do the thumbs." And Rob Van Dam's like, "I'm gonna hop." four times around uh it just it it struck me in a bad it's it was a bad way to end uh my watching experience okay maybe that match was because maybe that one that was their first one back so maybe it was a little rough but uh time out sabu hits uh i'll say damn near clean triple jump moonsault in 2006 yeah yeah agreed agreed on set ropes yeah yeah he was the... That was impressive. Hold on, uh, let's do the let's do the math. In two thousand six, so he started in like eighty five, and he was like twenty then. The ninety six, two thousand. He's forty years old, and beat to hell. Like even though, uh, okay, you didn't watch the other matches. Uh, okay, the other one I saw was uh, versus uh, Kevin Thorne and Marcus Corvan. Uh, with his who, who who won with his pounce? It was pretty dope. That one I've seen that clip before, where he pounces Sabu and Sabu just flies. But um, before that, okay, listen to this. Listen to this Sabu, the Sabu we had in in, in WWE. Before the finish, he hits three three separate springboard off the middle into somethings cleanly. I don't know what was going on. He was feeling froggy and then eventually runs off the rope and you could tell he was feeling froggy because he got pounced and like a frog, he went flying through the air. It was great, but three in a row. It was like uh, he like jumped on it, uh, then turned it in clothesline. Then he was laying down, then ran to the other side, jumped over did his leg lariat thing. Then he fed up and he, did, he jumped off the ropes into a tornado DDT. I was like, I was like, Sabu must have just figured out the trick to these ropes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's used to those ECW ropes. And even those ECW ropes that were allegedly, uh, you know, tight as guardrails, he would trip up on. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, they were cinder blocks. 
P.S. There was a text exchange between me and H.C. Loke asking about an ECW referee today. Oh, wow. Uh, while watching okay. well, let's the... Keep, we'll keep that what, mysterious. What's that? Well, we'll keep that mysterious. I don't know. You, wanna, you don't want to put out any, any, any info. All right, all right. I'll leave it. I just thought it was funny. I was like, I had a question <laughs> about an ECW ref, and I was like, oh, I have a person I can text about this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We have a great resource for that. Yeah. But, okay, my other knowing that match, it was the most generic tag team they've ever looked in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, there was, like, I hit a move, grab an arm ringer, tag you in. Rob comes off the top with, like, a double axe handle, and then he works it over, and then he tags it. And like, oh, my gosh, it's so crazy. And I, it's so, it's so weird that I enjoy it. I don't know if you know if you if it's you know clean slate. You just watch it if it's as good. But after seeing all the car crashes, to see like a heat, a hot tag, I was just like, oh my god! It's and like, and since they're forced into that structure, like they have a lot of cool double teams, like little ones and big ones. Like they've got a bunch, so they're able to start hitting them. I go like they just look like they're almost like an old rockers almost because they've got all these cool flashy double teams, but they're kind of older. It was really enjoyable, even the um. Even with even with Stryker and Elijah Burke, like it was quick and kind of like the finish was totally screwed up. But like the fact that it just had a simple structure, just it made them so much more digestible than when you're watching them for 20, 30 minutes and just throwing everything at the wall. Uh, I can I can believe that did. So uh, one thing I did know in the Mike Knox test match, they both almost uh, I don't know if they were doing it on purpose or whatnot but played up like they were old. Like <laughs> they were moving around gingerly and would sell things a little way too long and like really like take a second before almost doing anything. I was like, oh, are they playing up the fact that they're like a little bit older? I think everyone in the beginning was uh, connected to Sabu was like, all right, we need to do this real carefully. But then, like I said, a couple of matches later, well, what, what was it? It was the first one was in September... Um, this one was in April or something. So yeah, like one, I don't know. Sabu did three springboards in a row. I was like, obviously at some point he got comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to really say about them. I think we, we, we covered them kind of front to back. Uh, yeah, it was a fun. I did not watch any of their impact stuff, and I'm kind of mad. It's just not accessible. You can find like a two minute clip of it, but I was like, I'm not going to get anything out of this. Yeah, I know. And plus, I like I said, I wanted to look at them in like you know their run. You know what I mean? It was fun to see the ECW stuff just or the WWE ECW stuff just because like who would have thought that would have ever come back? You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. That's why I I literally just touched it and I was like, okay, I've touched it and uh, I saw it and. I'm not I'm not into seeing more of it, I don't think. Uh and it definitely made me once again appreciate Bill Alfonso way more than I thought I ever did. Well, here's the thing. In the Fed, they, you know, they didn't have tables. Well, they did. Uh, the one I watched, one of them was like an ECW rules. They went through table and stuff, but, but like he wasn't needed as much. They were gonna do maybe one thing with a chair, one thing with a table. He is one billion percent needed in that Mike Knox and Test Extreme Rules match. Oh, I'm not saying he wouldn't have been needed, but I'm saying what you said he shined at was, you know, uh, helping with the chaos. Chaos was kind of, you know, taken away a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, Cheech. Uh, And uh, I mean, I think I've said it a bunch of times over this uh, on what I think made them great. Uh, But let's hear it, Cheech. What made Rob Van Dam and Sabu great? Go. Like I said, they were the most ECW team. They gave the fans exactly what they wanted. They wanted athleticism and craziness, and they had that in spades. Um, like I put, they had fun, like a lot of time I kept writing, fun finish, fun finish. They had fun finishes. They had fun spots. They were doing, coming off uh, opposite sides of the ring from the top rope. Like they were doing springboards and dives. And like, uh, I like like RVD's flashy stuff where like, uh, Sabu puts him in a in a camel clutch, and everybody's like, "Well, I'm just gonna do a big springboard moonsault to my feet, and then just drop kick him in the face." Like, I mean, it was just pure flash, and all, and like, that's all an ECW crowd in 1998 wanted. Yeah, uh, and and I agree. Like I said earlier, they they had they had fun, athletic car crashes. Um, 
that uh, highlight reel car crashes is what I would call them. And that's what I, I wrote. I wrote a bunch. Of, I wrote high, highlight reel and car crash on almost every match because that's what I can best describe them as. But I think, yeah, uh, and what made them great, they were uh, doing that better than anybody at a time when ECW was like hitting that crazy popularity in 98, you know, where everybody was kind of getting eyes on them. And when you got eyes on the product, what you got eyes on was that, you know. Exactly. They were the most ECW team at the best time in ECW. So it was like, oh, you instantly associated them with the product. Yes. And then as I was searching for more matches, I got a little bummed out that uh, they didn't last into the later era of ECW when tag team wrestling was really, really good. Uh Yes, Sabu breaks his neck, I think, or like really hurts himself in the end of 98 and wrestles through it in to the beginning of 99, but then hits the shelf, I think. Yep. And but like, yeah, I do wish I do wish they obviously went a little longer and got to work some of those teams. But then part of me is like, like when I was watching the all Japan match, I was like, oh, I wish they had more Japan matches where I could see them. I wish they had more matches outside of ECW where they were forced to have a structure. Yeah, agreed. Like even even the match they had with the Hardys was and I, I didn't I didn't hear them say it was an ECW rules match, but it was blatantly an ECW rules match. They were just four guys just fighting. At one point, they brawl into the crowd. You can't even see it. It's just a hard cam. But like I was like, ah. But even that still had because they were working the Hardys, who were WWE guys. It still had somewhat of a structure, and it's just like, oh man, it would have been really cool to like see them have like a, you know what I mean, like a like an like a early '90s WCW tag team run where they had to work with a bunch of different teams and have structure. You know what I mean? Like it was. But do you think they would? I don't think they'd be as popular if they weren't able to dive in the crowd and do tables and chairs and all. Well, that. that's why I was saying I kind of wish they had a later ECW run where they could have worked with the FBI and could have worked worked with Mikey and Tajiri and could have worked with you know what I'm saying like those those teams and like the the York and Matthews and like I think those kind of things would have been fun. Yeah, no, definitely. But part of me still wishes like, oh, I want to see it where they're not relying on like, oh, you're going to take my van Terminator. You're going to take this Arabian face. But you know I mean, it's just sometimes it almost seems like they're checking off boxes. Sometimes I just want to see them against the young pistols. <laughs> right. Am I right? Yeah. All right, Cheech. Now, how would we defeat them? Okay. Uh, here's how. We would structure the f out of it. You know what I mean? Like we would force them into the most like boring 1980s or like or fun Memphis style. But you know what I mean? Like like I think we just uh, the word that what I wrote was suffocate them. Yeah, smart. So yeah, we cut the ring in half. We don't let them across. A lot of chin locks. It'd be the most boring RVD and Sabu match of all time, but we'd win. You know what I mean? Like, just outsmart them because they're going to go crazy and we'll just, you know, outsmart them and put in the biggest structure and then just suffocate them. And then here's the thing, like, eventually what, here's the thing, what I do would look forward to is, like, forcing them into the structure, but then letting the reins go loose at the end, like, like it's as if it's their doing. (laughs) (laughs) But we could go, like, they've got a ton of double teams. We've got a ton of double teams. So it could be, like, uh, it would probably be a longer match, but like super methodical beginning. And then like, what the heck? Oh, now the tide's turning. Okay. Now RVD and Sabu are, things are going their way. And it's like, Oh, we can match them in that department too. They can't match us in chin locks and, and, and heat and shine and hot. You know what I mean? Like they can't match us at that. So we dominate in that. We just need to survive the end when, when the fireworks start going off. Uh, agreed. But the funniest answer is we pick our leg up when Sabu goes to drop kick it, and we move when Rob Van Dam jumps at us. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Sabu would eventually get a bunch of mat burns and just miss him. <laughs> <laughs> we just pick our leg up when he goes for it, and we just move or don't catch Rob Van Dam when he jumps at us. And oh, there's a. I think it was in one of the WWE ECW matches. They do the double leg drop gimmick. 
but uh, Rob hits first and literally, and it goes to the table and the guy and poor Sabu literally, it looks like he just jumps and gives himself like the biggest leg drop on a nothing. Like he sails over the, the pile and just leg drops the middle of the ring by himself. And I was like, his poor ass. It's the Mike Knox and test match. I can tell you that right now. Cause I watched it. Okay. Of that. <laughs> right. Did you see that? Like already hit the quick and clean and like a split second later, here comes Sabu just landing on nothing but his ass. And I was like, Oh, he like, he's just past the table. Nothing but canvas. Yeah, no knocks at all. <laughs> but yeah, we hope they. That's the thing. Uh, I was like, that is uh, RBD, Sabu. RBD, you can kill Sabu. He's gonna kill himself regardless. So you kind of just <laughs> let him do him, and just put all the concentrated on trying to kill RBD. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not saying it's the smartest thing because RBD watching his matches seems pretty goddamn indestructible. Uh, yeah, agreed. He's made of rubber. He, he's he, you know, he's notorious for taking those like crazy high Tazplex bumps on his neck, or taking those DDTs or pile drivers right on his head and just bouncing like rubber. Yeah, man. But how crazy is Sabu when when he's the one who's like, oh no, he's the one that's you know tougher and gets hurt more when compared to Rob Van Dam. Yeah, Sabu's got the history of broken necks. That's also how we beat them. Yeah, yeah, we could do that too. We could do that too. <laughs> All right. Everybody- so we, we're just working we're just working the the, the upper extremity cheats i'm trying to end this podcast about robin Dam and sabu oh sorry <laughs> i've been trying to end it since we started it <laughs> it was not fun for me uh but we've we've made it through we have persevered yes another we'll be back. tag team in the books another fun yeah. romp through. at least 1998 was a fun romp Agreed, agreed, because 96 was a disaster. But we'll be back next week with another tag team who does not have a tag team name. Who that yeah. will be? Uh, I think me and Cheech know, but we'll discuss after we uh, stop recording. So you guys but will hear it. Feel free to guess, because that's the thing. Like, in you guessing gives us more options, too, because there are even some... Uh, as we've been talking about it, like, I still, like... Uh, there was another one that came to me the other day, and I was like, ooh, should I tell him? I was like, I'll tell him another time. But, like, yeah, they just keep popping. It's it's a fun exercise to just be like, oh, yeah, that team also didn't have a name. That's cool. Yeah, we got a William Regal and Eugene guess, and I was <laughs> like, I liked that, actually. I didn't know they were a team. <laughs> Uh, they probably only uh, we probably get through their entire library of matches pretty quickly. Yeah, that's what I suspect. But yeah, reach out. It's at DreamWork Pod. Hit us up. Let us know some some of your favorite teams with no tag team name. There's not a million, but there are plenty of like like we did today. RVD was the most over thing in '98, so you don't need a tag team name to be the most over thing in in your year. That's right. All right. Well, we will catch you guys next week here on DreamWork. Adios.